Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. Girl Scout Cookie Edition. First, did you hear this year's Girl Scout cookies are now available? After all, you haven't had a Christmas cookie in a couple of weeks. <laughs> you can even use the Girl Scout Cookie Finder website to find mm. where tables are set up selling the treats. Second, there are no new Girl Scout cookie flavors this year. And in fact, they discontinued a really popular one, Raspberry Rally. Didn't return despite the frenzy over them. You know that uh, a single box last year at this time was going on, uh, on like eBay for 30 bucks no kidding. for one box of wow. cookies. And finally, in the world of food, Girl Scout Cookie Edition, how do you feel about cologne and perfume in the workplace? Do you think your coworkers would like you more if you smelled like cookies? The brand Native Deodorant just released deodorant, body wash, shampoo, and conditioner that smells like your favorite Girl Scout cookie. We're talking Thin Mints, Coconut Caramel to Lemon. No kidding. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it'd be fun. Yeah? Like, I like, like real, I like really clean scents. Like, I often wear vanilla, hmm. especially if I'm going to a radio station event. I'll put on vanilla lotion because mm-hmm. they say it makes people more comfortable around you. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my One of my daughters was really big on the lotions and the potions and stuff, and mm-hmm. she would smell like a pina colada. <laughs> I like, love that smell. I mean, it was like strong pina. Like, like someone spilled a pina colada in your car a week ago. <laughs> That's what it smelled like all the time. Okay, now you lost me on a week ago. <laughs> well, you were a little Souring. too enthusiastic about what I uh, love the smell of pina colada, pineapple and coconut. Really? Do you like getting caught in the rain? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you want to spend a lot of fun times with your friends, but it ends up getting too expensive. Hmm. Let's talk about that next. You know, a lot of people have a new goal this year to stick to their budget, to make sure they save some money, that they don't get in that stressful situation where their credit cards are maxed out. And um, someone who's um, making small steps to do that is our friend HP. And I was so proud of her because her best friend from high school was going to be in town. Mm-hmm. And she could not wait to see him. They grew up going to youth group together. It was going to be a blast. And... Um, He loves to go out to eat. And she's like, no, I have plenty of food at home. We're cooking at home. (laughs) My roommate and I will make fettuccine Alfredo with broccoli Uh and chicken for you. And we're not going out. I, I, we rented this cool new house. We're not spending that money. And she stood firm. And I said, I am so proud of you. I'm going to tell your story to empower other people to be like, listen, I love spending time with you, but I don't love spending money every time we get together. And there's so many fun things you can do with your friends, like cook for each other or grab uh, an inexpensive coffee or go for a walk or a bike ride that you still get to enjoy each other's company, but you're not breaking your budget even right out of the gate here in January. So I was just so inspired by her telling me that. And I was telling her how sometimes I have some friends who love to eat out a lot and I'll like proactively make a like a, a dish that I have extra, I'm like, oh, I have all this blank left over. Can you come help me and Glenn eat it? Because it's just the two of us. Instead of going Instead out. Instead of going out. Oh. Yeah, because it just, it saves so much money. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, when we had kids, we didn't go out as much as we do now. Because <laughs> it's way cheaper when, when it's, it's just, just me the and Trace. Yeah. As opposed to six of us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that's really cool. Nostalgia is a big thing. That's why we like to see remakes of movies. That's why we will love Christmas so much. Mm -hmm. And there is something that I kind of waxed nostalgic for the other day. Looked it up. It's gone. 
I'll tell you what's mm. happening in just a minute. The other day, my husband and I went kind of just impromptu down memory lane, something nostalgic. And when we got there, it was gone. So here's what happened. He was reading a book review of a professor where we went to college, Wheaton College. And he was like, oh, I wonder if he's like, I wonder if so-and-so is still there. And so he goes to the Wheaton College website and he's looking around like, oh, wow, I remember that math professor. He helped me out so much. And I was like, go to the communications department, see which professors are there. See if if Dr. Edwin Hollitz is there, who gave me private speech lessons and made me go, how now, brown cow, to get into broadcasting, see if he's still there. And we were looking all this stuff up. And uh, none of the, almost none of the professors that I had are still there. Some are Ametrius, mm. I guess that's what it's called, where you're like retired, but you get the status. So then he goes and looks and guess what? The radio station where I got my start, where I worked all four years at Wheaton College in the basement of the Billy Graham Center is gone. No. They sold it. The mighty they W-E-A-T sold it to a big, or whatever it was. Uh, big nonprofit Christian radio group. No kidding. And I'm like, no, W-E-T-N is gone. Like, I couldn't even W-E-T-N? go back. W-E-T-N? W-E-T-N. Okay. 88.1. Wheaton. And we broadcasted <laughs> out to the community. So, like, it wasn't just for, it wasn't like a campus radio station. It was like mm-hmm. a, almost kind of like. Community. A Christian NPR type thing. Like I did an inter- an hour-long interview show and I did a music show mm-hmm. and that's where wow. I cut my teeth in radio Good and chill. it's gone. And then there's more to the story I'll tell you in a minute. There, I asked Glenn to go to the communications department section of the website and there was a vi- very eye-opening moment. I'll tell okay. you about it in just a minute. Real quick though, you had an hour-long interview show. You would chat with people for an hour? Mm-hmm. For I'd 60 even, minutes. Okay. I would have to edit it down even. Very quickly. You're 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 in the W what is it? W E T N? Mm-hmm. You're in the you're in the Wheaton studio and they tell you like, hey, we got an interview for you it's coming in in a second, and I sit down in front of you. What's the first question you ask me? Tell me about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a great question for Kevin Avery. <laughs> yeah, that's I can talk an hour about that woman. God rest her soul. She's woof. She was a pistol. So this is a lot of fun, though, listening to Taylor's walking down memory lane, going back to where it all began in your illustrious broadcasting career. Yes, Back Wheaton at Wheaton College. College at a radio station that doesn't exist in the form that, that you were there. You you set the foundation for them to thrive for decades to <laughs> yeah, come. Right. And look what they did with it. It had been they, there they for took the money and decades ran. before me. But yeah, it's just Glenn. I don't think I've seen him laugh so hard. He was having so much fun making fun of me that... There's no professors left that were there when I was there that the radio station I worked at is gone. And then get this. He goes to the communication part of the Wheaton College website and it talks about all what can you do with a communications degree? And it talks about being a politician and doing this and doing that and all these like all these options. Mm -hmm. Radio is not one of them. It's not even listed on their website anymore. And I was like, what? This is just, you're like throwing salt in my wounds now. First you tell me WETN is gone. And now you tell me they don't even recommend you use your communications degree for radio. What is happening? Hmm.
So but did they, they didn't have TV with, on there either. Did they replace it with, instead of radio, you can be an influencer. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can they be a TikToker. They didn't have that. I did find a spot that maybe he didn't click on just now. I found there is, you can get a, a journalism certificate. Oh, what's, so, a, what's like, the difference between a certificate and a degree? I think it's just like kind of like specialization. Like, in other words, you'll take like media production, media and society, um, journalism classes so it's like aside from your in addition to your communications degree you got to take these classes too let me see got it so and you gotta you gotta do a practicum and or an internship Hmm. so maybe maybe there are still some people who want to be in radio that are graduating from there there are lots (laughs) there are lots whenever i hear one of these stories of somebody buying something at like goodwill or a yard sale and it turns out to be worth tons of money mm-hmm. it makes me want to go to estate sales yeah <laughs> you know you know and there's one uh, a lady she hit it big with something she bought at an antique market for just 25 dollars uh it was a brooch oh. she bought this brooch huh. and uh it was in she was in visiting england it was an english antique market turns out the thing is uh from the victorian age and it just sold at auction for nine $18,000. No way. I'm so jelly. How about that? I'm buying me some brooches next time. I'm- <laughs> I know what I saw. I saw a picture of it. Honestly, it looks like something you'd get at like, I don't know, a costume shop. Like, like if you were. Yeah, real uh, gaudy. Definitely doesn't look like it be worth 19 grand. Know someone who is crazy in love coming up. Turns out love really does change how your brain works. Hey, do you know someone who's crazy in love? Turns out love really does change how your brain works. You've already heard about past studies that show romantic love has a connection to the release of oxytocin, often called the love hormone, within your brain. Well, this new report documents how a specific area of your brain is responsible for placing our sweethearts on a pedestal when we fall in love. Sure enough, researchers discovered that when people fall in love, our brains react differently. Our new romantic flame becomes the center of our lives. Hmm. Yeah, um, it's especially, I think, magnified when you see your kids going through that. Mm -hmm. And they are just like smitten with someone. And you're like, okay. Like what one of, I'm not going to name which one, but we have four kids. One of them was talking about their relationship. And oh, we never fight ever. We never, ever fight. We're not going to. Uh, they're mm. they're no longer together. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they had a fight. <laughs> where is that line from? Where it's like, I'm in. Oh, it's the Elf. I'm in love. I'm in love, and I don't care if everyone knows about it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this study makes me think about. Okay, your turn. You can tell on yourself. You can tell on someone you know. Are they crazy in love so much so you can tell their brain is reshaped? They're putting that person on the pedestal, and they're the center of their universe. <laughs> you can make fun of yourself. The narc on someone else. We'd love to hear from you. So we're, we're talking about um, that feeling of being so swept up, so in love with someone that they are, you've put them on a pedestal and they are just the cat's meow. They are the bees knees. They are everything, right? Do you think men or women are more guilty of this, Taylor? Oh, I think it happens both to both. Yeah. But overall, you, I mean... In movies and TV and stuff, it's it's the girl who's the girl just who like, is right. I'm okay. so in love with him. Have you ever had? I'm sure this is. I totally know this has happened to you. Don't name names. Just keep it generic. Okay. Friend of yours. Oh my gosh. I I think I've met the one. He is so perfect. He's considerate. He's kind. He loves the Lord. And and oh my gosh, he is gorgeous. And then you meet him. 
and he looks like Napoleon Dynamite's brother. (laughs) (laughs) Has that ever happened to you? Has it ever happened? Don't name names, but has it ever happened to you? You're like, this is the guy? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it has. (laughs) And you know what? I knew it. I knew it. Love is blind. (laughs) (laughs) I I wonder if we've ever been that person. Like, oh, like did Tracy, sure. did Tracy tell him, oh, oh, Kevin's so wonderful. He's great. He's, he's at each other. He's so handsome. And then his, her mom was like, him? <laughs> <laughs> if only we could crawl inside people's heads. We'll never know. This is the guy? <laughs> this is Mr. Wonderful? I mean, it's got to happen all the time. Look at all the foods that one person adores and the other person can't stand. Yeah. If it happens with food, it happens it's got to happen too. with looks and personality all the time. It's got to. <laughs> oh, he's so dreamy. Meeting the Napoleon Dynamite's brother. He needs someone to love, too. Yes, there's someone for everyone, right. Hey, it's Kevin and Taylor. Who is this? This is Elena. Hey, Elena. We're talking about being so swept up in love that you're literally blinded by love. Do you have a good story for us? That's apparently how I was when I met my husband, because all my friends and even my parents could tell when he was calling me. Because apparently I would smile from ear to ear and just be glowing. <laughs> you remind me of a story when I, I picked up when Glenn called me and I I, I called him darling. And I've never lived that down. <laughs> now, when you see his uh, number come up on your or his ringtone, do you get the same feeling? I do. But now that we have three kids, I'm more curious as to whether he's calling me to talk or telling something about the kids or something right. along those oh, lines. Oh, no. What's wrong? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a deeper, more fuller love. It's not what's as... Your, what's your ringtone for him? My ringtone for him is actually our song by Blake Shelton, which is God Gave Me You. Oh, that's so beautiful. Is it ever annoying when that rings when you're mad at him? Sometimes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. Do you have a special ringtone for Glenn? I don't. I've never. I'm just not that fancy with my phone. I haven't oh, said anything. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't have special ringtones. Tracy has one for for everyone in our family. Um, like Kyle because he's a drummer. It's I don't want to work. I just want to bang on my drum all day. Our friend Ida, uh, the dog pusher, who let the dogs out. And for me, it's Wings' silly love songs. And Aww. and sometimes, yeah, she, the kids have told me when she's annoyed with me. She does not respond. <laughs> well, <laughs> to that. Hey, thanks for sharing a little of your life mm-hmm. with us. Of course. Y'all have a great day. Mary texted and she heard you saying, like, have you ever met a girl's boyfriend? And he looks like Napoleon Dynamite's friend. Napoleon Dynamite's brother. Yeah, uh, His brother. Well, uh, Mary wanted to remind you that even Kip had La Fonda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And nobody believed him she was real because it was online. <laughs> He's like, things are getting really serious. <laughs> hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Do you feel like you've been given a second chance at life? Boy, this guy sure does. These two men were scoping out a good place to go fishing in Indiana. It's a rural area when they spotted wreckage from a vehicle and called it in. They called 911. Little did they know, inside that crash was Matt, a 27-year-old. And guess what? His crash had been six days prior. Can you imagine being stranded there for six days? 
The cops' chest cams got the whole rescue on video. We got you, buddy. We're going to get you out of here, okay? Go ahead and pull your left arm inside the vehicle for me. They said Matt was in surprisingly good spirits when they got there, even though he had been stranded for six days. Mm. He even cracked jokes while paramedics were treating him. What a guy. His legs were pinned under the steering wheel for almost a week, and sadly, he did lose one leg. But he's in good shape otherwise and just happy to be alive. I have learned how to walk again with assistance uh, and a walker. And, you know, at 27, I never thought that it was going to be challenging for me to do that. But it is. What a guy. I mean, happy to be alive. I I can't imagine enduring six days of that, wondering Hmm. if anyone is ever going to find you. Wow. What a story. Okay, so do you have someone in your life who lives far, far away and you wish you were closer? You wish you lived closer? I have a great idea for you how you can feel closer in just a minute. Do you live far away from family or friends and you wish so bad you were closer, but, you know, jobs, life, Mm -hmm. you're far away? I have a great idea for you and I cannot believe... I was today years old when I figured this out, but my advice is, because I just did this, when you go visit them, ask, hey, can I see where you work? And you will instantaneously feel like you're in their world like never before. And that happened to me. I went to uh, visit my husband's parents and he's got a sister and a niece and we were leaving one car at Zan's office. And she's like, when we took her back to her car, she goes, hey, do you want to come see where I work? And I was like, yes. And so she had to like use this code and we walk in and it was fascinating because there's three chairs. She's like, yeah, let's just say I'm going to make up their names. Like this is Eric, Bob and and Rick. And they're the best guys in the world. They're our security officers. And silly me, she's a federal, she works for federal parole officers. Mm -hmm. I was like, you guys have three security guards? And I was like, oh, Oh, I just realized who's coming into this building. Some days that's not enough. Yeah, it was fat. And I loved, I saw her desk where she Mm. sits in the break room and I just feel so much closer to her. And then we all had dinner at the restaurant um, over near um, the Biltmore house where my niece is a waitress and she wasn't working that night. She ate with us and all her coworkers kept coming by. Hey, I heard your family was here. Mm, and you could just cool. tell how loved she is at work. And it was just so fun now. I texted both of them yesterday and I said, I feel so much closer to you both now that I can picture where you are every mm. day. And I just, I highly recommend just say, hey, do you mind? Do you take me by where you work next time you're in town? It could backfire though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, this is my coworker, Bob. Oh, that's Bob. <laughs> yeah, make sure they know. Don't he say anything. He seems so nice. That can't be the Bob you were telling me about. <laughs> nope, that's the only Bob here. <laughs> Maybe that's why my sister-in-law took us on the weekend when the building was completely empty. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I remember when Trace and I, when the kids were little, we scrimped and saved just to be able to do anything. I mean, taking the family out to eat, we'd go to one of those all-you-can-eat pizza buffets. And that was a massive splurge for us. But as the kids got older and we started making a little more money... We try to go to nicer places with them, but we understood too that if we're going to go to nicer places to eat, they got to behave, right? They got to be. They've got to learn how to how to act in a in a grown up restaurant. So let's talk about that and about a lady who has gone viral uh, with posting about some kids at a fancy restaurant that she was not appreciating their behavior. We're going to talk about it next.
This lady has gone viral uh, with her post about how some kids were behaving at a restaurant where she was. And um, a little baseline for me and my family we have four kids and we wanted them to be able to go out to eat in what we would call fancy restaurants when they were little fancy. We're going to go to a fancy restaurant. So we had some kind of baseline rules for behavior. Our number one rule was your behavior, no matter where you are, fancy setting, church, uh, just waiting in line at the grocery store, your behavior should never impede on other people. Fast forward to this lady who's going viral. She went to a place called Nola's Creole Cocktails in Tulsa. And it was her and her husband out for a fun night out. And there was a table full of kids next to her. As a matter of fact, here's some, here is her recording of the kids at the table near them. So it's kids next to them being loud. And, and she was saying like the food was great, but it was a stressful experience because of this family. They were loud, obnoxious, no regard for other diners um, that they were just going, going nuts. Now, the name of the place that it's Creole and cocktails to me implies this. This is for grownups. Yeah. Fancy. Shemansi. Number one, it doesn't sound I'm sure they have a kid menu or whatever and they welcome kids. But it seems like a place where you should teach your kids like this is a fancy restaurant. But people were going crazy on both sides of it, going like, oh, absolutely, we've had dinners ruined by loud, noisy kids, and the parents did nothing to rein them in. And then other people saying, like, you sh- why would you come down so hard on a family who just has kids? Don't you have kids yourself? It's like both yeah. sides are going crazy over this I think thing. one of the biggest issues, because I think kids having fun would be a joyful sound, but one of them had their tablet cranked up to, like, 97 decibels. And so you had children combined with whatever audio or movie they were watching too. So I guess it made it crazy. Well, let's, um, let's hear what an etiquette expert had to say about this whole thing, about the kids and about the lady that posted them next. So we're talking about this lady that's, uh, she's gone viral uh, with posting a video of kids at this restaurant. It sounds like a pretty fancy smancy restaurant at the end of her and her husband's meal was a $140 tab. So I don't know about you, but my book, that's fancy schmancy. Oh, yeah. And uh, some kids at another table were, they were being, as she describes, loud and obnoxious. And the uh, the thing that got me is she described it, and we heard it, they're yelling and whooping and hollering, and the parents were completely ignoring them, like doing nothing. And we've been in that position before where we've been sitting at a table and the kids are literally going crazy, running around the restaurant, and the parents aren't doing anything. And according to an etiquette expert, we we did the right thing. We spoke to the server and said hey could you move us somewhere that's a little quieter and they did so and the etiquette expert says that that's what you should probably do if you're in a setting where kids or adults are not behaving well and you just want to enjoy your meal quietly ask them can they move you somewhere else and most places will have somewhere else that they can way more effective than a tiktok video but it did make her go viral well (laughs) that's what she's saying she's going the thing not to do is post a TikTok video to draw attention to yourself mm-hmm. uh, at the expense of these kids. I'm never okay with people will do that on uh, what's the little neighborhood chat thing uh, next door. They'll post on next door like a picture of a license tag. If this is your teen driver, you Whoa. need to tell them to calm down. That's I stepping just stepping over a line. Yeah, I think that's crossing a line big time, huge uh, by publicly outing a child, someone who's under under the age of eighteen or whatever. So anyhow, the etiquette expert says. Uh, everyone's wrong in this situation. The parents for ignoring the kids, they should be doing better, especially if it's at a fancy restaurant, but even more so the lady that's gone viral for posting it all. She, she did have one thing that I thought she made a good point. I don't like a lot of her points. Um, She, uh, she's 
got a potty mouth for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did say if they're if their kids are all going to be on their tablets so that mom and dad can have a dinner, how about bringing headphones instead of cranking them to a 97 in the middle of a fancy schmancy restaurant? Um, yeah, but and I saw that, too. And I thought, but wait a minute, you're spending all that money for a fancy night out. And your kids aren't going to experience it because they're on their tablets. Why would, well, you, I just mean, why yeah, would you do that? that? That's the initial question. But I thought, well, if you are going to let them have the tablets, how about headphones? Headphones. Got yeah. it. Yeah. And with the headphones on, they can completely ignore the wait staff. And <laughs> Sadly, yes. So you know how we spent a lot of time on the Kevin and Taylor show just trying to remind everyone to appreciate how God made you. You're fearfully like he, and wonderfully made. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, this is not good. People are getting surgery to get their eye color permanently changed. Huh. And I'm like, why? Like, that's the way God made you. I mean, I, I'll admit I've not been thrilled with my eye color in the past. All my four sisters have beautiful blue eyes. I'm the only one that got my dad's eyes, which are kind of brown, but they're also kind of baby diarrhea colored. They're just bizarre. <laughs> and, um, but th- I guess eye doctors are, they're having to warn people, this is not safe. It's, there's all kinds of risks with permanently changing your eye color. Interesting so. too, because you can't see it <laughs> unless you look in the mirror. Right. Only picture, it's for right? everybody else. Yeah. So, wow. I just never saw it. I would. <laughs> Pop on headlines and see something like that one. Ever been to a job interview and it's like you're nervous, you're stressed. Wait till you hear who college kids are bringing with them to job interviews. You can put yourself in this situation pretty quickly. Think job interview. Okay. What are you going to wear? Make a good impression. What are you going to say? Are you researching the company? Then you walk in, you're you're sitting there waiting, you're nervous. Guess what a lot of college students are bringing to their job interview. Don't say mom and dad. Please their parents. Don't say, no. Their parents. Yes, they are. Oh, man. Yeah, they're coming dressed inappropriately. Um, they're, uh, one in five employers said college graduates showed up with a parent for a job interview. And what's led to the, the result is 40% of people who are doing the hiring say they'd rather hire older job seekers over recent college grads. And they're willing to shell out more money and more benefits to get those older workers. Wow. I I learned something interesting about job interviews. You know, I'll share it with you in a minute, but it's something interesting about job interviews that you bring to the table and that the person doing the interview does that neither of you know, you don't know this thing about them. They don't know this thing about you. We're going to talk about it in just a minute. So when you heard about that, Taylor, that kids or college kids are taking their moms and dads to job interviews with them, were you surprised? Not overly. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I'm to the point. Didn't support. Doesn't surprise me. Anymore. You would think the parent would know. My kid will never get that job if I show up. I learned something else about job interviews that, regardless of your age, this is a dynamic that's in play. When you hear it, you're going to go, "Oh yeah, that's kind of self evident." But it can really chart the course for how your employment's going to go should you get the job. We'll talk about it next. We're talking about job interviews. I think that's probably one of life's most stressful situations. Don't oh, you yeah. think the job Big interview? Because you have so many uh, hopes and expectations. And the stakes are high. You got to feed your family. Stakes are high. And if, if you have a current job, you're probably doing it like, you know. Oh, yeah. Sneaking around. On your lunch hour or something I've like done that. done it many times. But here's a dynamic that's in play. And I, I heard this one of those... Uh, it was like a TED talk on a, on a long flight. This was with an FBI. Uh, the guy was an FBI negotiator. 
So if there was like a hostage situation or something, he's the guy they would call in to talk to the person. Wow. So he knows human behavior, you know, who's lying, who's telling the truth, motivations, the whole bit. And he said, here's something that people usually don't consider in a job interview. But when I tell you, it's you're going to go like, well, of course, the two people sitting at the table, you and the person doing the interview, you all have things that you are not telling each other. <laughs> of course, the unspoken things will that a lot of times the the spoken things are not what's going to determine whether you're a good fit or it's going to be a good situation for you, for you or for them. Mm-hmm. Like the person being interviewed, the job applicant, they're not going to say like, oh, my last job, I gossiped way too much. Right. You're not going to share that. You're not going to share until you get the offer that you've got like a two week vacation planned in three months. Nope. You're not going to share that. You're not going to share that your intention is in about three months, I'm going to tell them I got to work from home like that. That's what you want out of the situation. But you probably aren't going to say that right up front because you're just like, oh, no, I'm a people person, a hard worker, and I'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. Right. That's what you're going to say. Much like the interviewer wouldn't share like we're not doing well financially or the boss is kind of mean. Right. Other side of the table. Yeah. That person is not going to share that. This job that you're thinking is going to be a career move, they only have planned it to last maybe like a year, year and a half. They're not going to share that they're looking for another job. (laughs) Person doing the interview. They're not going to share that the opportunities you present is extra ways to make money that will increase your salary, like uh, bonuses for doing a great job or overtime or things like that, that they rarely come along. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, you've got plenty of chances to earn Mm -hmm. extra money. So uh, both of those things... That people don't say are what largely will determine if in six months you're not sending out your resume again or in six months they're not doing another job posting again because of the stuff you didn't say in the interview. So maybe they just need to bring FBI employees in for every job interview so all things are on the table. (laughs) Right. They're hiding something. Something's not being spoken there. So we're talking about job interviews. I've got a good job interview story. This is when I was the interviewer and I was hiring someone. There was a a morning show. I was doing a morning show and we had a morning and I was program director at a morning show and a promotions director opening. It's going to be the same person doing both jobs. I'm interviewing people and this lady showed up. I said, why don't you come to one of our events and see how you'll fit in with what our operation and what we do when we're at an event. So this lady showed up and uh, right next to the radio station van. Somebody had left uh, fast food wrappers in a bag and just their trash. They were sitting outside of this venue, ate their meal, and just left the trash by the station van. And this lady comes up, shows up for the interview. That you know, This is part of the interview. And she picks up the trash and threw it away. I was like, that's my girl right there. That was Taylor Scott. <laughs> True story. <laughs> and man, was I doing a lot of sneaking around. Because Kev, I was in a public relations marketing job full time and then part time about um, probably about 14 hours a week in radio part time. Yeah. And I wanted full time radio. And Kevin must have interviewed me eight times. So I had to keep like sneaking around. And like one time I had to close my door and like, what? What do you need? He's like. Hey, can you make it to this concert? And I'm like, but it's tonight. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. I'm like, but I'm wearing like business office attire because I was in PR and marketing. And he's like, it'll, it'll be fine. And so everybody's like in their jeans and hoodies. And I'm like wearing office wear, picking up trash. Uh, it was an adventure. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wanted to make sure I got the right print. And I did. That was 25 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. And we're still working together. So yeah. I, I must, it must have been a good interviewer. Guess you were, yeah. <laughs> Very thorough. <laughs> Very thorough. <laughs> and you must have been a good interviewee. It was picking, I guess so, It was yeah. picking up the trash that did it. I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what other kind of quiz or Well, you got to protect the brand, and the brand was being soiled by literally, literally yeah. fast food wrappers. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>